Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Support for the California Report comes from the Wesley Foundation, improving the lives of California's children and youth at risk. The San Francisco Foundation, working with its many partners to advance greater racial and economic equity for everyone in the Bay Area. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose family foundation advances the wiser use of energy and natural resources on a planet where everything is connected, on the web at theschmidt.org. On today's California Report magazine, this Thanksgiving weekend, a show all about family. What happens to a family when two unlikely people fall in love? In French, we call it élargie, which means it keeps expanding and morphing into the most confusing and delightful thing. And brothers who've been singing gospel together for more than 40 years finally earn praise outside the church. The feeling I get when I hit the stage... It's just hard to describe. I mean, it's just a, one of the greatest feelings I ever felt. Yeah. And the people just, I'm telling you, sometimes I feel like a rock star. We've got your weekly road trip for the ears to meet the people and visit the places that make the Golden State unique. I'm Sasha Coca, and this is the California Report magazine. Your state, your stories. Okay, so you know the saying, you can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends? Well, for Bianca Taylor, her friends have become her family, literally. She tells us how her unconventional family was transformed by an unexpected romance. Sometimes when you grow up with a really close friend, their parents become like your parents and vice versa. That's like Kat and me. We've been best friends since we were seven. We also went to uh, elementary school together. Uh, we went to middle school together. When she and I were in second grade, our parents met. My dad, Eric, remembers... A very good-looking couple, and that was uh, had great sense of humor. And, of course, we became um, friends with them. Kat's dad, Joe, instantly liked my parents, too. They were, they were very uh, fun. Did a lot of energy and a lot of humor in that, uh, in that house. Joe and my dad bonded over their eclectic taste in music. I was a big uh, music buff and um, always looking for people to go to shows with me. And Joe was very willing to to go to shows. So I remember when you guys were, I don't know, it was fourth or fifth grade where we went to a show, Cake and Flaming Lips, and I think Moby was doing a DJ set. So here were these two young girls, uh, I think probably the first concert you'd have been to. And it was these wild bands, and so we had a fun time um, watching you guys interact with the crowd. Then everything started to change. 
When we were in fourth grade, Kat's dad Joe came out as gay, and her parents got divorced. Here's how Joe remembers that time. You know, I just sort of have this sort of still feeling that, that there was this, you know, this, this glass was dropping out of my hands and shattering and it would never be put back together. A few years later, my mom and dad got separated, and several more years after that, my dad came out as gay. My mom, Joan, actually took it all pretty well. You know, it's really good to model happy behavior and authentic behavior. So the fact that we aren't married and that he's gay and happy and that I'm happy seems like a very healthy way to raise children. It also seems like a very healthy way to live on Earth. And so... So fast forward to 2015. Kat and I are now roommates living together in Oakland. Our brothers are both going to UC Santa Barbara. Our dads are openly gay, and all four of our parents live in Sacramento. One day, Kat and I discover a weird coincidence. So I remember my dad asked me for a recommendation of a place to eat, and I told him Wally's in Emeryville, and then and then your dad texted you. Yeah, and said, "Oh yeah, like I went to Wally's yesterday." We were like, "Oh yeah, I guess they went to Wally's together." Like that's. Interesting. More than just interesting, we've just discovered our dads are having a relationship. We're both excited, but we don't say anything to them. A month later, I'm heading out of town on my birthday when my dad calls. And you called and, you oh, have a great trip. By the way, I'm dating Joe Redota. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, we, that's, we thought so. That's great. And then Kat texts me. She's like, oh, I guess the dads are dating. <laughs> Yeah, their friendship had moved beyond swim meets and rock concerts. We discovered some new things about one another. Yeah, we finally started having conversations you don't have as two suburban dads. So my dad and Joe, my best friend's dad, fell in love. My mom's reaction? And I was just happy for him. And that it was Joe was comforting because we know Joe. Since Joe and my dad have come out as dating things have settled into a weirdly normal domestic routine. Two families have come together through unusual circumstances, um, and, and we've made it seem as natural as it really is. To have the families expanded rather than broken is really, really um, fortunate. At my mom's 60th birthday party a few weeks ago, we're all here. The dads, Kat, her mom, and our brothers. It's Wonder Woman themed, so there's a lot of red and gold. I'm wearing a tiara and metal cuffs on my arms. My mom is in a gold sequined dress. She grabs the mic in front of the DJ. I want to thank my family, which is large and unusual and, and wonderful. So I want to start with um, my newish family-esque, which is Joe, which is Eric's partner, and my good friend and his was wife, and their children, who are dear friends to my own children. I don't take anything about my family for granted. I know that the happiness we share with each other now was hard fought and took a lot of patience, respect, and unconditional love, especially from our moms. But my mom says that she sees the gift in our family-esque. In French, we call it élargie, which means it keeps expanding and morphing into the most confusing and delightful thing. So this Thanksgiving, my confusing and delightful family gathered around the table. 
My dad and I argued about politics. My mom and Joe were in charge of what movie we watched. And we all ate way too much pie. You know, normal family stuff. For the California Report, I'm Bianca Taylor. Food is a big part of spending time with family over the holidays. For 13-year-old Makai Hunt, it's a chance to learn recipes passed down through generations. 12-year-old Stevie Rivas is thinking about sharing with people who don't have enough to eat. They bring us two commentaries now, produced with the writing program 826 Valencia, based in San Francisco. Cooking with Grams by Makai Hunt with 826 Valencia. I woke up to the sound of old school music from the kitchen. That's how I knew my grandma was cooking and all my aunts, cousins, uncles were coming over to have a feast. I got up as fast as I could and darted down the stairs to help my grandma cook the feast. First, we had made greens. I washed them to get any leftover dirt off. Then I picked the greens while picking the greens, my grandma says, don't leave any greens on the stem because there won't be enough for your uncle. <laughs> that always makes me laugh when she says that. Then I put them in the pot of hot water to cook them. After that, we make a five cheese mac and cheese. Then we make the roast. While making the roast, I have to stab it so all the juice seasoning can get inside of it. Then last but not least, we make the fried chicken. The fried chicken is the fastest to cook. After we finish making all the food, we put it on a nice platter and sit the food on the table. Then all my family take pictures and post it on Snapchat. This is important to me because when I cook with my grandma, it relieves all my anger and stress away from me. And when I cook with my grandma, I learn more about my family. The Thanksgiving Meal by Stevie. It was a not-so-cold day in the city of San Francisco. It was Thanksgiving. My family had just finished our Thanksgiving feast. We had the best chicken ever. Just writing about it makes my mouth water. We had some leftovers, and I thought not everyone could have a big feast and eat the best chicken ever. So I said, we should give some food to a homeless person. I always see homeless around my neighborhood. Some do drugs, but a lot don't. Some actually try to get their stuff together. Some recycle to get money. I usually see homeless when I walk my dog. I feel bad for them. I think to myself, they used to have a home like me, and they used to be a kid just like me. My mom gave me a Safeway bag, and me and my brother's girlfriend started to put food in it. I was thinking, what if he gets mad because we woke him up and doesn't want the food? I was nervous. I opened the door to go outside. It was kind of cold. I went to the couch where the man was sleeping, and I said, excuse me, sir. He woke up. I was nervous. And I said, we brought you some food. He said, oh, thank you. God bless you. I said, no problem, and God bless you too. Those commentaries from Stevie Rebus and Makai Hunt came to us from a workshop at 826 Valencia, a nonprofit that supports kids with their writing skills and helps teachers inspire their students to write. You can hear more youth stories and commentaries on their podcast, Message in a Bottle. Every week, the California Report magazine takes you on a road trip for the ears. 
Getting directions to forks of salmon. We visit the places and meet the people who make the Golden State unique. From a homeless college student in Oakland. So I don't feel like just because I'm homeless that I have to look the part. To a cattle ranching mom in the Sierra foothills. So I fix fence, we pull calves, I do everything. We're the half-hour weekend magazine, the in-depth storytelling show from the California Report, and we're launching our own podcast. Subscribe to the California Report magazine on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Some families only really see each other over the holidays, but not the folks in our Family Biz series about small family-owned businesses in California. 83-year-old Michael Nash inspired his family business with his daily walk down his driveway to unlock his mailbox. So how often do you go check your mailbox? <laughs> Once or twice a day. <laughs> I have much, much, not much else to do. <laughs> That's it. There's nothing in there. I keep looking. Nash lives in Granite Bay in Placer County. His wife died a few years ago. He doesn't use email or have a cell phone. Getting snail mail is what's familiar, comforting. And that gave his daughter-in-law, Kim Nash, an idea. Okay, so this is the one I'm going to write to Mom. And sign it from Debbie and family. Kim sends out gift boxes to seniors, monthly or weekly. Kind of like a subscription veggie box, but this one's filled with things like tea, candy, Uplifting quotes and crossword puzzles. I think we purposely decided to go old school. That's what's missing is this very low-tech version of a touch, a handwritten note. The mints and things that we try to send out are things that might have been around for years and years, not necessarily newfangled candies, newfangled things. No Himalayan pink salt caramels for these guys. Think Russell Stover. And I have both sugar-free bags and regular um, candy bags all set up. Kim says it's been painful watching her parents and in-laws age. My father was diagnosed with Alzheimer's five years ago and um, just passed away, actually, two weeks ago. But it was quite the journey. And as I'm going through that, I'm realizing more and more of my friends in this age group were going through the same thing or similar things. And their parents all have different struggles, different stuff. But we are feeling like we're at a stage where how can you help them? How can you make them happier? Because their world's unfortunately getting smaller, more isolated. As she prints out the labels for the next batch of boxes, Kim says they're not all for seniors. There's also some recipients of our boxes that are in their 40s that have MS. Um, We have a good friend who we send it from our book club who's in her 50s with Parkinson's. So it's not for people in their 90s who are dying. It's for anybody that just gets isolated for any reason. The business, Blue Ribbon Box, also includes Kim's husband, Russ, and their kids, Kyle and Austin. They're 20-somethings and run the website from San Diego. Their parents Skype them to check in. Hey, hon. Hey. How are you? Yep. Good. Nice shirt. <laughs> I've seen that. Thanks. Just want to hey. check and see if there's anything else you guys need. How are you doing on supplies and things? Uh, we're pretty well stocked on uh, most of the stuff. Kim and Russ Nash say their kids were always entrepreneurs. As teenagers, they helped run another family business, a smoothie store. So they've been working forever. And we have funny stories of them selling the rocks from our backyard thinking they're diamonds and people buying them. And lemonade stands in the front yard. So it did start young. Working together with siblings and parents could be a disaster in some families. But for the Nashes, 
it works. This is a business, and it's okay to have disagreements. It's okay to fight for your idea. We don't turn around and argue on Thanksgiving Day about, oh, you screwed up uh, this uh, thing at work. That's, that's separate. And this isn't just a two-generation family business. Remember Grandpa Nash? He's the beta tester. I'm the tester, okay? If I like it, I've got to be some other old guys that would like it, too. He says he gives constructive criticism. I told her that old people don't see well, so you've got to have big dark print on the crossword puzzles. The first book, it had real small squares and real small little, there's no way you could put a, a letter in that square. For 27-year-old Courtney DeGroff, sending these gift boxes helps her connect with her grandmother. I've lived in California all my life, and she has lived in Pennsylvania. My um, grandfather actually passed away in March. For 62 years, I think they were married. The first day she got it, she actually called um, and left a voicemail. Hi, Courtney. It's Grandma. I just got your box that says smiles are delivered to me. What a surprise. That was so nice of you. I mean, actually, it made me cry. You're a wonderful granddaughter. Courtney says her grandma doesn't actually care what's in the box. It's just the anticipation that the mailman's going to come. With something more than junk mail, that someone is thinking of her. figure out their groove together by making music, like the Bay Area Gospel Quartet, the Sons of the Soul Revivers. They've been singing together for 47 years since they were kids in church, and they have a new album out, Live at Rancho Nicasio. They're the Morgan brothers, Dwayne, James, and Walter Jr., together with their nephew, Quante Johnson, and they join us now to talk about their music. At the end of the interview, they're going to give us a mini concert. Welcome, you guys. So you guys come from a musical family. How did you guys start singing? Was it something you were expected to do or something you wanted to do? Something we wanted to do. Our fathers were the soul revivers, and the year was 1970. I was around the age of eight, and a cousin of mine, we decided we wanted to form a group, and we couldn't think of a name. So we said, well, temporarily, we'll call ourselves the Sons of the Soul Revivers, and the name just stuck. You all, you brothers, have been performing together for more than 40 years. What's that like to perform with your family? How does it affect your relationship, your family dynamics? There are some moments that we have where we have disagreements, like any other family. Um, But all in all, uh, speaking for myself, uh, it's a joy to be able to get up there and uh, sing with my brothers and nephew over there. Um, The feeling I get when I hit the stage is just hard to describe. I mean, it's just one of the greatest feelings I ever felt.
So you guys have an album that blues keyboardist Jim Pugh helped produce through the nonprofit Little Village Foundation, which, you know, takes a lot of artists who might not get recognized by mainstream labels and gives them an opportunity to reach a broader audience. You guys have had sold out shows to audiences that might not actually typically go to see a gospel quartet. What does it feel like to kind of break out of the church walls and reach a broader audience? I mean, it's a thrill because what's cool about it for me is that we can be ourselves. We don't have to pretend to be something that we're not. We can just be who we are. And the people just, I'm telling you, sometimes I feel like a rock star, you know, I come off the stage, you know, people be surrounding me and, you know, security be like, Hey, but I'll be like, Hey, it's cool. Cause we're all just having a good time. And, you know, after 47 years of being together as a group, and I've been in the group 44, I mean, the difference between singing to a traditional church and going to these festivals, is, I, like I said, I can't even Night and day. really describe me. Wow, you know, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. We're having the time of our lives. Oh yeah, yeah. Can I get a witness here? Yeah, yeah. All, right, all right, out of the box. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's, it's, it's wonderful, and to see people smile. You know, you may not believe it. There's a lot of people that are really searching, looking for that, that something spiritual, and then you get to be able to, to share Christ with them, yeah. and what we believe in, and the peace that, like I said, surpasses all understanding. What the Bible says. And you could tell the people, there's some people that might be suicidal and come to you and say, you know what? I wanted to end my life, but when I heard you sing, I had a change of mind. Sometimes the words through the song can settle the mind and, you know, whatever you're going through, it gives you hope. It's been tough on a lot of folks this year. And when people get so depressed, they don't know where to turn to. You know, you need something to fall back on, a, you know, a kind word, a beautiful song, anything that can help lift a burden. Now, let me ask you, with all the success that you've been having with the album, with the concerts, I'm assuming... Even though that's all happened, music is still a side hustle for you guys, right? Do you still have day jobs? No. I'm retired. Amen. Oh, well, that's good. Oh, I was just curious what it is that you all do or have done besides music. I'm a school bus driver, but I'm ready to go on the road. And when people hear me sing, even at the yard sometimes, or hear me just playing around singing, they ask me, what are you doing here? Why are you here? Your calling is out there, you know, and, and you always talk about faith, you know. You can need to have faith and move on and go on the road. 
And who knows, maybe if we can stay consistent with it, we can finally say, okay, yeah, this is how we, you know, pay our bills. Till then, though, um, well, we, we, we can go to work for our nephew over here. He's a producer. He has a studio. But he but he don't want to pay nobody, though. <laughs> we need somebody who wants to pay, you know, so that's the problem. I'm a touring I mean. musician. I, I do this for a living. I've been doing it for the last 10 years. The music is what I do. I breathe it. Is there something different about playing with your family, though? To be honest, because um, the reaction we get from on our shows, you know, like, I played on stage with, I was a drummer for Fantastic Negrito, who just won a Grammy out of Oakland. To see the reaction on people's faces during his music versus my uncle's music, it's the same thing as people in the audience is going crazy, you know. But to know what you're singing about and they're still reacting like that, it's like I can appreciate that more than being on the stage with a Negrito I, I I like I like singing with my family a lot more. It's really great you guys brought your instruments to our studio and you're going to play a little something for us. The man in the middle. One, two. The cross on the left. It hung up a dying sinner. The cross on the right You know it hung up A dying sinner too But that cross in the middle It hung Dear Jesus
James, Dwayne, and Walter Morgan, along with their nephew, Quante Johnson, are the sons of the Soul Revivers. Their record, Live at Rancho Nicasio, is out now. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Well, well thank, thank you, California, California Report. We, we love really you, are, we, we love you uh, and appreciate everything uh, that you're doing for the sons. And that's the California Report magazine, a production of KQED Public Radio in San Francisco. We're your weekly road trip for the ears to meet the people and visit the places that make California unique. You can listen to us wherever you are if you subscribe to our new podcast. Look for the California Report magazine on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, write us a review and spread the word. Our director is Susie Racho. Our technical producer this week is Rob Spate with additional engineering from Seal Muller. Victoria Maulion is our senior editor. Our team also includes Sarah Craig, Bianca Taylor, Ingrid Becker, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Sasha Koga. Have a great holiday weekend. This is the California Report magazine. Your state, your stories. Support for the California Report comes from Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose family foundation advances the wiser use of energy and natural resources on a planet where everything is connected, on the web at theschmidt.org. The Barracuda Networks, network application, content, and data security solutions for physical networks and public cloud platforms. Learn more at barracuda.com products. And the James Irvine Foundation. Expanding economic and political opportunity for Californians who are working but struggling with poverty. More at Irvine.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.